0: Welcome to Limitless, where we highlight diverse stories from people with various backgrounds through casual conversations. Before we begin, note that these stories do not represent everyone from a single group. Rather, it is only one piece of the whole picture. Pamela Clay is the Executive Director of Living Advantage, a nonprofit focused on helping foster youth. Pamela has been fiercely fighting against homelessness throughout her decades of youth advocacy. Through Living Advantage, Pamela developed a patent-pending electronic data storage program called the e-Lockbox, which stores foster youth's vital life documents. She also developed programs such as Intro to Robo, which focuses on allowing foster youth to deeper explore robotics and the STEM field. In this interview, we talk about three things. A, the foster youth system and its implications. B, Pamela's nonprofit, Living Advantage. And C, how you, the listener, can help. Additionally, we wanted to remind everyone that we have our first merchandise collection coming out on October 30th, 2023, and you can purchase at thelimitlesspod.com. We are also currently in the midst of a merch launch week celebration, where we have one event a day leading up to our launch. These events include a Q&A, what's in the collection, giveaways, how to order, and more. If you want to participate, make sure to check out our Instagram at thelimitlesspod. Now back to the episode. Hi. Um, So Pamela, welcome to the Limitless podcast. We're so excited to have you on today. I think the topic that you're going to be talking about today is one that is specifically important. And I think that even in my community, I know I'm based in Toronto as well, but this issue is still very prevalent across the world. And I do think that this is a very, very important thing to discuss and I'm so glad that you're able to be here with us today and give us a little glimpse about, you know, this work around like foster youth or homelessness and um, be giving us a little, you know, glimpse of everything you've done and how we are able to contribute to that as well. Okay, so before we begin, can you give us a quick introduction of yourself?
1: Yes. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me on and understanding the importance and the, the viability of what we do. Um, in our community for our foster youth uh, and homeless youth. So um, we are a nonprofit organization 30 years in the foster care industry. We started our first decade with actually having homes in the LA and Orange County areas, and we housed our kids. my 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 mom founded her background was special uh, a special education, in the Los Angeles Unified School District. And she wanted to continue her efforts with working with kids that were at disadvantage, and so my mom got ill, and I took over the, the helm of the organization. And uh, I figured, how hard could it be, right, mm-hmm. to work with, to work with kids? And um, it's a passion. It's a it's a it's a, a calling. It's a service to be able to work with kids that have minimum or no support at all. And that's what we're talking about. When we talk about orphan kids, when we talk about kids that are in foster care, when we we talk about kids that are in probation, system-involved youth, right? And homeless. That means they don't have a support system. That's simply all it means, right? Right. So it's our job. It's, you know, it's limitless podcast job. It's my job, living advantage job. It's our job to support these kids the best way that we can. So... Um, you know, that's kind of the the, the start, the, the founding of the organization. My background is not, um, it's not social service. It's not, um, you know, I'm I'm not an educator. Um, I uh, my background is more investment, and so and business person, right? So I'm an entrepreneur, and I solve problems. I'm really good at solving problems, and I think I started when we first initially started it was like oh my god because each individual child they had their own issues their own their own background mm-hmm. and so how can i take all these individual hundreds of thousands of kids with their own different issues and how can i you know streamline it and and set a foundation for them so that's why we're known for utilizing virtual services and having a niche with the youth that age out of the system, because those are the ones that, as they're in the system, you know, they, 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 yes, we provide support, we provide this, 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 um, you know, this net for them, but when they age out, that's when they end up homeless, they end up in sex trafficking, unemployed, um, incarcerated, the highest number of Populations that are usually in the jail cells are youth that have been through foster care. They actually literally have some states that 100, percent and I can't remember the states. There were two states in, in our in our nation that 100 percent of the people that were on death row had been through foster care. So those are the things that, as a community, as you know, as we are, we're all international, but now now we're all one community because through virtual services, right through the internet. We can provide a support system for our kids. Right. Right. I totally agree with that. And I
0: think that this issue, I feel like, you know, you talking about it with us today, I think it's so important to get the word out and have you have everyone know that everyone can be able to help, whether it's just spreading awareness or whether it's donating a couple bucks that you have to spare. Everything helps. And I do think that you know that's why it's so important to have you on without uh, talking about this with us today. So as a follow-up question I have is what do you think are some of the most prevalent issues that foster youth has been have been facing in these past few years or do you think it has changed um, and how are we able to better support them today?
1: Absolutely so you know what are the prevalent issues uh, now since you know with COVID coming about it separated a lot of families people could not connect right, not, not personally, right, not in person. And so that really sets back when you're trying to build a support system, when you're trying to connect with people and give them a foundation that makes it difficult. So how live an Advantage, um, how we make the connection is that we utilize all of our supporters, right, all of our supporters, all of our mentors. Um, we utilize them as a sense of, everybody takes their expertise, everybody takes their passion. let's say you're into arts let's say you're into driving let's say you're into um, um you know um, graphic design. we take our expertise and we be able we, we match them with the kids that have the same experiences or have the same desires and then we match them and then that's how we continue our efforts in in, in connecting and supporting our kids. Um, Living Advantage is uh, a inc.org that's our website. And one of the things that we do, like prime example, in the next couple of weeks, we're doing a mixer that matters, right? And we just invite folks to come out to a location. We have food, um, you know, of course, you know, adults, uh, beverages. And then we just talk about ways that we've all supported, talk about what Living Advantage does and how we can bring more people together. Um, We have a 3330 campaign. We call it 3330 because it's super simple like $3.30, 3,000 people, we could service a minimum of 300 kids a year. So we just have different ways that we look for people to just, hey, show up at our VIP, we call it a career match, where we we, uh, at the schools, we have the kids come out and we do a resume, resume building, and then we have our supporters come out and they match the careers. That's another way to support. And it's not just, oh, you know, you can intern. Oh, you can get a job. But this is maybe an interest, just an interest so for them to get more ideas of if that's something they really want to do. But it connects, again, it's a connection. So it's just really different formats. Like I said, go to our website. You can see all the different arenas that we can do. But it's just really also showing our kids all the people that support them right? If they see that hundreds, thousands of people are really standing there for them, like, what do you need? How can we help? We're here for you. Hey, you know, I know the $3.30 is not much, but I'm here to make sure you're supported. That Can you imagine how much that means to a person who doesn't even have that 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 outlet, doesn't have that support? So it's just different variances. Um, and, and we we are the or thirty years. I think I told you thirty years. We've been doing this, and we keep up with our kids. And the, the the part that kind of you know we say is the downer is that when they do age out, there's not a lot of funding. There's not a lot of places we can get grants or get a contract for. Right? It's really the community that has to help us keep up with these kids when they age out. Because now when they age out, they're considered adults. They're not considered a part of the system. So how do we keep that, again, keep that connection and make sure our kids are being taken care of and supported?
0: Right. I totally agree. I think when you don't have that support system around you composed of whether it's your like parents or friends or relatives, I think knowing that people are there standing up for you or people believe in your rights and people believe in, you know, your safety and your health, I think that's what's you know, so important to these to these kids and to anyone who's, you know, facing these issues or injustices in general. So I also have a follow up question on that, which is how do you think that the experience of, you know, foster youth, how do, how does that experience impact a child's sense of like stability, belonging or identity? Because I know you talked about before, like not having that support system. Do you have any like specific stories that you would like to share, you know, throughout your years of working
1: with children? Absolutely. Well, you know it varies. You know you have some great stories and you have some, you know, tragic stories, right? I think that's in any any population anywhere. But 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 the common the common thread is, as we become adults, you know, sometimes you know as as kids we think that once we become adults it's going to be easier and better. I go get a job, then I go get my apartment or I go buy my house and everything is perfect, right? Well, we all know that as kids, we every, I thought that too. I thought, wow, I can't wait till I turn 18. Oh my gosh. Gonna, I don't have to deal with my mom, my dad. But um, but unfortunately, sad to say that when you become adults, it, you get more more responsibilities, more issues, more pressures. And so even though the kids don't like to be in foster care, when they age out, they, they, sometimes they, you know, they get on the right track. But when you look at a lot of the inequities that they had in the past, it catches up, you know, at first they, they have a housing, you know, they have somebody, you know, kind of taking care of them, somebody that's supporting them in, in a certain fashion. But then when they age out, that's kind of when they need more support, unfortunately, even if they do get a job, even if they if they are going to college, right? Now that's when you need the biggest support. So, you know, I have a couple of, couple of graduate stories where um, some of my kids, they... Uh, They had been in foster care at least like 10 to 15 homes as they were going through foster care. And they got to our home. And one of the main things that Living Advantage does is that's why we're called Living Advantage. Hey, we have all these advantages for you here. You pick which one you want to do. Let's start with what what you want to do. And then that kind of sparks like a inspiration and motivation for them to, okay, well, if I get to do what I want to do, and we all know, with the things you want to do comes responsibility. That's how we we you know we mesh our kids to understanding when well, you got to do this first, you got to do that. Yeah, okay. And then once they go on, and so we've had uh, one of our boys had been in multiple homes, just wasn't doing good in school. Um, they, we finally diagnosed him as dyslexic. Um, so that was like a plus because they didn't know why he was like three, two or three grades behind. So he got we diagnosed him, he started doing really well in school. he really picked up uh, what however they were teaching them to, to you know to formulate for dyslexia. He ended up graduating with honors in school, went on to college with a full scholarship, became an engineer and literally has a beautiful family, two two kids, boys and girls and just doing a phenomenal job. so and then he always is figuring out ways that he can support and help our foster youth. So, you know, that's just one story. You know, just, again, finding out, our job is to find out what the kid needs the most, right? You know, and then from there, we can always figure a better way that they can have a, you know, a better quality of life as they age out of the foster care system.
0: I think, I think that's also something that's really important, just letting kids know that we are able to support you with whatever you want to do, whether it's, you know, you want to go to college, we're able to, you know, support you in that it, it gives these children like hope and like, you know, a feeling of reassurance that, you know, at least someone is supporting me and, you know, taking care of me and also my dreams and passions. So I do you think that you know when you're working in youth advocacy and you know foster with foster youth, have you ever faced any challenges or you know emotional moments? And how do you how do you deal with that?
1: Yeah, well, funny you would bring that up because there's a story I tell. This is uh one of our first uh, our first youth that came to our home. And he's a young guy. He's only 12 years old. And you know, just just not what you figure. Some young, kind of helpless young guy, right? He comes in. Comes in. He has his bag and he comes in. I'm like, okay. He's like, hi, you know, I'm coming to your home um to live. And I said, Well, where's your social worker? Oh, she just dropped me off. She was busy. She had to run off. Here's my paperwork. And so I'm looking at this young guy just all by himself. And, and then I'm I'm unfortunately at the time was very naive about. I, I grew up with a mom and dad, right? Mom, dad, sister, brother, the whole nine yards, and so I'm like, well, well, where's anybody? Where's your family members? And he just looked at me, was like, I'm here. And so I have these list of questions, right? The intake form, and I'm asking him these questions, and I get down just to what is your birthday, and he's like well, they told me it's, and I'm like, you don't even know your birthday? And again, I'm being naive. And, and then I just instantly realized that he really has nobody there for him. And he's not some, you know, defiant, bad child that's done wrong, right? That's done wrong. He literally is a victim of the circumstance. And so as I'm going down asking him, where's the last place you lived? Who's your social work. And he started to cry because he doesn't know these answers. And so started to cry because I'm like, oh my gosh, how do we help these kids that are literally just kind of thrown around? thrown like, they're not throwaways. They're just, they're just, you know, products of, products of, you know, bad environments, you know, households that are broken, right? It's not, any fault of their own. It's just really the fault of kind of society and how we handle this process, you know? And so I just, you know, that that first intake was just really like, really a life altering moment for me, you know, figuring out there has to be a better way to help these kids, right? And then a lot of them, like I said, have gone from home to home. I, we've had some that have been in 20 homes, 20 times moved around. Not from a relative, but from place to place to who to who knows what all the different issues are, right? And so, you know, I, the, my living advantage has always thought has to be a better way. So again, we utilize virtual services. We utilize like a community of people that can kind of be there to assist in mentoring, education, career, entrepreneur, or what other ways that we can help, you know? And if people want to call and ask, you know, some more questions, they can call me at 323 731 6471 Okay yeah. great. Um I love I
0: love everything about Living Advantage and its mission and everything that it has to do. Can you give us um a little more insight about um Living Advantages services or mission um, and I know I, I browse through the website, but there's there's these programs called Intro to Robo. There's the E-Lockbox pro- initiative. So I'm wondering if you could give us a little more insight on that and information on that as well.
1: Sure, sure. So main main ways that we work with the kids, we go out to the schools and to the group homes. And we provide midterm and tutoring. So, case management. We go in, the first thing, like I said, we say, hey, what do you need? What do you want? What's going on? And they're like, oh, well, I need this. I want this. Okay, great. And so then that's how we kind of initiate our relationship. We're in, and uh, USC is one of our, our biggest partners, right? One of our largest partners. Um, I won't get involved in all that they've done for our organization, um, but like, prime example, Seventy to eighty percent of our organization is ran by USC students, right? Um, we we also train train the USC students to help us with our with our kids, our young foster youth, and our kids in school are underprivileged, and so it's like a peer to peer type of relationship, right? So a lot of our college students are out working with the kids that are in, in school and the kids that are in the group homes. So, that's one way that we interact with them by tutoring and mentoring and case management. Then, secondly, we have an intro to Robo. Um, it's an introduction to robotics, it's a STEM, and we call it STEAM, right? Science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Sometimes we say agriculture, sometimes we say medicine. You know, sometimes the technology could be um, um, training in certain areas. Sometimes we take the theme and make it different, different, uh, you know, industries. But overall, um, it's an introduction to robotics. And we, um, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a fair, it's like an event. Or it's like carnival style. And we have all ages. When you think of robotics, generally, the majority of times, it's a robotics competition. And of course, robotics is breaking down into STEM, right? We call it STEAM because we add the A. And so we make it into a fair where when the kids come out, it's fun. It's not a competition. It's not about who has the best or who knows the best or who's the best researcher or scientist. It's about people understanding what it's all about, first of all, and then how fun it could be. So we introduce it as a fun art, as a fun uh, technology, as a fun science. Or, you know, you look at science and research. And we just give them different alternatives and ways of how it can be used. And then we apply it to their class to their to, to their to their actual academics. So that's what introduction to robotics is about, intro to robo. Um, the e-log box that is a, a software application that we that we is patent pending that we um derive to be able to maintain their vital records. So most of us, you know, young people, I'm sure Vicky I can even ask you, you know, when you were graduating from high school to go to college Who held your birth certificate? Who held your social security card? Who had that information for you? My parents. Exactly. Exactly. So see our foster youth, they don't have the parents that are supporting them. So a lot of times they don't have access to their birth certificate. That's why when the young man came with that first intake, he didn't really know his birthday. He never seen it. He, He heard what his birthday was through paperwork, but he never knew what his birthday was. We keep uh, their social security card. We keep up with the immunization shots because if they're moving 10 to 20 times, that means 10 to 20 schools, right? And then every school needs the immunization shot. Well, what happens if the last place doesn't keep up with it? So now they're getting different multiple times immunized when, right, they don't have to. So the e-lock box is to maintain their vital records, but then also gives them a history. So when they talked about what was the last place you lived, when was the last school you went to, all of that information we maintain. And then we also keep the demographics. So it's for it's for demographics and and you know and data to keep up with their kids, what age, what area they live, who they are, male, female, so on and so forth. And then when there's events or information or resources and services, we can identify who they are and then be able to address that. So That's those are just a few. Yeah, those are just a few of the of
0: well, the ways that we support our kids. Yeah, I, I really, I really applaud that, and I'm so, so mind blown by that because it's really something that I never thought of. You know, the e lock box lock box program, like keeping. Like the children's like documents or everything, because I think it's just these little little things that we take for granted and we never really think about like, you know, who, who has my birth certificate, who has, you know, all my data and, you know, everything about me, it's my parents, but some of these kids, they don't have that resource or support. So they have to, you know, these services are incredibly important to them and making sure that they are able to move forward. And, you know, if they want to apply to college, they have those things ready. Or, and if they want to, you know, have like something related to with medicine or medical things, they have that as well. So I think it's these little things that we often don't think about, but are also incredibly important. So I do think Living Advantage is doing a wonderful job at that. Um, yeah. Another question that I had was, have you ever, you know, in terms of running a nonprofit organization, have you ever faced any challenges or obstacles in the past of just like running this organization in general? And how did you kind of overcome those?
1: I think the main obstacle, you know, a nonprofit really should be ran by wealthy people because they have a fluctuate money, fluctuation of money, right? When you have issues and situations when you're dealing with your, with your, with the people that you serviced, you need fluctuation. You need a lot of money, right? Because a lot of little things pop up. You know, who knew we needed a software application really to solve a lot of the problems that they have. So, you know, having a, 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 a nonprofit, running a nonprofit is like running any other business. However, generally the majority of us are searching for funding. Right. And so it takes away a little bit from being able to serve your 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 people serve your population so I think the the main thing in, in a nonprofit is having enough money uh, and then you know how do you handle those challenges well my background again I'm pretty good at investment and you know saving money so I, I I leverage some of my personal right or I, I leverage a lot of my personal however you know just after 30 years, you think things will be constant, but it changes. It changes so much. Like we were doing fine in twenty twenty. We had our foundations, we had our grants. And then when the pandemic came, they switched to how they wanted to put where they wanted to put their money. So you kinda of, kind of leaves you high and dry and you you back out scraping and scrambling, trying to figure out, you know, making sure you can meet meet you know, meet meet your payroll and other issues. So you know, I think I think the um, the highlight is being able to service hundreds of thousands of people, but then uh, some of your your downfalls are you know, the funding. And again, if you're not super wealthy, you're constantly, you know, kind of looking for ways to support the organization,
0: yeah, i I, I totally understand that. I used to also run a nonprofit organization um, just a couple of years back. And I also, you know, the pandemic and with everything going on, there's also, you know, these issues um, with that that I also kind of face because I actually ran a nonprofit that was around tutoring and tutoring students, um, you know, also sometimes foster youth as well but people in you know public school for example who didn't have enough resources or people students in younger grades who didn't have enough resources um and we had a nonprofit organization to like tutor them and um yeah i so i definitely like totally understand all of these things but i still definitely you know applaud you for continuing for to do this because ultimately it's all for the for the youth for the foster youth for them to have a support system and to have a, a home and for people who are supporting them. So I do think that's also very important. Um do you can you describe some of your visions or goals for living advantage in the coming years or if you have any new initiatives or expansions or um whatever it
1: is that you're doing can you expand more on that? Well, we'll we'll start off with something coming up on November the 9th. That is our Mixer That Matters. We're going to be uh, giving a highlight of some of the things that we're that we're looking forward forward to in the next couple of years. So one of them, uh so, so the mixer that matters is on November the 9th, right at five o'clock in Fogo Day Child. We're very pleased that uh, they're being a, a partial sponsor in our organization. They like they liked it so much. They they said we want you to come back and do another mixer. We had such a great time. And so my book will be coming out next year. Right, so it's uh, uh, how to capitalize in the foster care system. So I'm really excited behind that controversial, uh, you know, um, topic. And then, um, so just in the mixers that are coming up, because we're going to have a couple more, this mixer is the launch, it's a pre launch for Giving Tuesday, right? That's the largest giving day of the year for nonprofits. Um, I wish I knew that date, but then I think it's on the 20th, it's the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So again, that's a big date for us. But the book is going to really kind of pre-launch opportunities for more people to get involved with the organization to support the kids. And we're looking at different counties that are already asking us to come and provide services. So we're looking at that for the next couple of years. And then I think Texas is where I think we're going to be opening up our next a satellite office, um, in twenty 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 five. I think. Funny. I think Texas. Doing Texas and New York, they have the, the the next, the second highest rate of foster youth. Uh, Los Angeles has the first rate, highest rate of foster youth, and that's primarily because of our wonderful weather. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then the second reason is because our resources are more closer together. Mm-hmm. We have a, a certain. Uh, geographic area that comprises of a lot of resources and services
0: for for the kids cool well so a lot of new things coming up Uh, um any of our listeners right now who want to get involved or who wants to support living advantage or supposed to support foster youth will also be able to post that on our socials um uh, you can probably find it in the in the link in the description of the spotify or apple podcast or whatever you're listening to right now um, you'll be able to find that there so we'll, we'll also post that there um, so uh, one more question that i have um, what advice or you know okay let's say is there anything else that you would like to share about living advantage first of all any any new things or any um exciting things or anything anything else you want to share or you know let people know so they can get involved with this
1: you know i pretty much said it all we 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 I, I literally work on keeping things simple because it has to be simple for the supporters or people that want that want to be interested in it because it has to be consistent right we want our kids to just i just want to keep it growing so our kids will have more people that that are supportive and more people that are in their corner so you know just you know, going on to our website, which is you know Living Advantage inc.org, right? Just going on and seeing all the different ways. If you're if you're local, if you're on the uh, if you're in like Southern California, uh, if you're on the West Coast, you can go to Ralphs. We have a, a they have a, a partnership with them where you can just literally shop at Ralphs, and a small percentage of what you spend goes to Living Advantage. So we have so many different ways that you can, you don't like, in other words, you can just go shopping how you regularly don't, don't even have to think about, you know, working, but you know that part of what you're doing on a, on a, on a daily basis is helping foster you. Um, you know, I think people, uh, sometimes they talk about being a foster parent or being an adoptive, adoptive parent. Um, a lot of times when I think about that, I, I think about, you know, and, and I think it's, commendable right right that you want to take on one child or two children or whatever there's thousands of kids that need help so i don't know sometimes i just think about people should find an organization in their area and that that are helping you know hundreds of, you know tens to hundreds of kids at one time and then hopefully you know, they'll be reaching out, they'd be reaching more kids than just, just the one or two. Even though, yes, they need to be adopted. You know, they need to have a foster home, a nice, decent foster home. Um, and yes, yeah, somebody has to do, but it's a big job. I've I've known so many people that, you know, became foster parents. I know a couple of people that have been adopted parents. And it just was not, you know, didn't work out well. That's all. You know, so I, I would love to You know, I guess my passion is to see more people just get involved with organizations that, you know, just more people that are involved in some kind of way, shopping at Ralph's, you know, donating $3.30, right? Something super where it's not a lot of time, not a lot of stress, not a lot of money. To me, that is the way that we can do Small things, but a lot of people. That can solve a lot of the issues that, you know, when you look at foster kids, Again, orphan, homeless, you know, all the different ramifications that fall into that category. Those are some of the things that I think.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like if everyone just comes together and, you know, puts a little bit of money in or a little bit of support into that, you know, these little things build up, especially if everyone gets involved. And I do think that's why I really encourage anyone who's listening right now to get involved and, you know, reach out to local organizations that support foster youth or just any of these organizations. You can just uh, donate three dollars, two dollars, a dollar even. Yeah. Um, or you know, support raise awareness about these um, injustices, and I think everyone can get involved one way or another. So, yeah, definitely that. Okay, as a final message, do you have any advice that you would give to anyone who might be wanting to start an organization like Living Advantage? Any advice
1: to these people? Yeah, make sure you're rich. Now I'm joking. <laughs> well, <laughs> it just'll help but no if you, if you're thinking about you know wanting to cuz you know, everybody's passion it might be different in other ways right some people are really into you know maybe fashion and want to see young women you know that are in the foster care system you know be fashion you know you know divas or whatever so everybody has their own niche you know their their own way that they that they feel just make sure you are it's planned out and you have a stronger support system that can help you partner together, right? Somebody that has done it before, knows what they're doing, or has some ideas. But, you know, you don't want to be out there on your own, just starting up a business. And because it's, you know, the business is one thing, but then your services are completely opposite, right? So you have this business you're trying to get going, or not this whole nonprofit, and all of the requirements, policies, and procedures, state, county, city ordinance and then you have your business of what you want to actually do. Right? So, you know, just make sure you have enough support, enough partners, enough people that 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 that'll that'll be partaking this with you, taking on the obligation, the responsibilities, right? And that, you know, you just have a good plan for, you know, sustainability.
0: Right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that conversation. It was very, very insightful for me and I'm sure for a lot of people listening right now. So our final message is to anyone listening, get involved, um, learn more, spread awareness yes. and do anything yes. you can. And then we'll also be able to link um, living advantages, resources and links in our description and on our social media. So please check that out as well. Our Instagram is at the limitless pod. So we will also be able to link those there. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on, Pamela. We we are absolutely honored to have you here today. And it's been a, such a pleasure to be able to talk to you today. So thank you so much for actually coming on. Thank
1: you so much for having me. I really enjoyed, really enjoyed you, Vicky. Thank you very thank much. Thank you so much.